I'm going to sit down this morning, if that's okay with you guys. Is that okay with you guys? I'm going to sit down this morning because um, today I'm going to share a little bit of confession. I'm going to share a little bit of testimony. Um, and I just wanted to be com comfortable for that. Uh, I just wanted to be comfortable and real and transparent as, as I talk this morning and share um, the message that God has, has given me to share. And uh, so I stole a seat from Jim's office. He's not here, so um, took a seat from his office. I'm wearing one of my favorite hoodies. I got my sock cap on. We're just going to be real this morning. Fair enough? Um, so I'll start with a bit of confession. The... We haven't been doing a good job in keeping you guys up to date and informed and involved with what Roots Church has been doing. And a lot of that lands on me, uh, and I apologize for that. How many of you know what Roots Church even is? A few hands. So Jericho Road Church, how many of you know what Jericho Road Church is? A few more hands. Okay. That's the church that you're at this morning. And Jericho Road Church, um, Jericho Road Church is planting a new church called Roots Church. And all that means is, is out of Jericho Road, there's going to be a new church started. Um, and, and quite a while ago, uh, my, my family and I, connected with Jericho Road Church to uh, lead that effort. But the truth is, the only reason I am here is because a while back, God gave this group of people and the leadership of this church a heart for seeing more churches started in the city of Muskegon and beyond. And... And that's the only reason that I was even approached uh, at the beginning. Justin, who some of you uh, know, the founding pastor of this church, is, is now works with the district. And he's kind of the head of, of church multiplication. Um, and he approached me because God had given this church a heart for planting. And they needed somebody to lead that effort. They didn't need somebody to do that for Jericho Road. They needed somebody to lead that effort because God had planted a heart for, for church planting and church multiplication within this body. Which means this body is going to carry that work out. And unfortunately, a lot of times... And I do, this, I do this way too often, and this is, this is my confession, that as a leader, we come in and we try to feel like we feel like we got to do it all, right? We've got we've to do everything that needs to be done. And, and we carry all the burden on our shoulders to, to do that. And so what's happened is this whole Roots Church thing has been taking place and has been happening and has been progressing in its own little like vacuum and, and microcosm and its own little thing off here to the side. And, and this body, this amazing group of people that has this heart for seeing this being done and being a part of it, knows nothing about it. And so 
I apologize for that. Um, that's on me. And, uh, and myself and the church leadership from, from this point forward are going to try to do a lot better job of keeping you in front of what's happening and what's going on and keeping you involved with what's happening and what's going on and getting you plugged in to what's happening and, and going on. Um, because we need you involved in it. We need you excited about it. We need you passionate about it. We need you being plugged into it. We need you sharing it and talking to others about it. Because this only way this church plant is going to take place is if this church body that God has given a heart for it for is the one that is carrying that mission out. And, and I'll try to lead and direct and guide along the way, um, but I'll try to stay in my lane, and I'll, I'll try to do a better job of bringing you into yours as well. Fair enough? Do I have your grace and forgiveness? I ask for it humbly. So, this morning, Jim asked if I could share, give an update on, on where Roots Church is. And so um, I'll give you some of the practical details of, of where this church plant is functionally. Uh, but more than anything, I wanted to share with you this morning um, the clarity that God has been giving us and us little band of misfits that are uh, plugged in and planning this thing. And we are a group of, of misfits, believe me. Um, the heart that God has been giving us for this church plant and what he's calling us to do and the mission that he has given us and the vision that he has given us for what this church plant is going to look like and, and what, um, what we're going to be focused on. And I, I just want to share, a lot of this this morning is going to be sharing my heart um, and the heart of, of the people involved in this to this point. But from a, a practical standpoint, Roots Church, um, we, we, we have a place where we're meeting. Uh, that's, a, that's the first question we get a lot. Where are you guys meeting? Uh, we've made a great partnership with Central United Methodist Church here in town. And uh, God's given us a heart for the downtown area, specifically Nelson and McLaughlin neighborhoods. If you're familiar with, with the neighborhood breakdown of, of Muskegon, um, Nelson neighborhood is uh, downtown and uh, runs from Peck Street over to, uh, what is it on the east side or the west side? Not 100, but maybe, does it run clear over to Seaway? And then goes south down to Lakedon. It's a long rectangle uh, is Nelson neighborhood. And the McLaughlin neighborhood is right next door. It runs from Peck Street on the west side over to, to Wood Street on the east and runs from just south of downtown, again, all the way to Lakedon. So that's the specific geographic area that, that God has given us to, to target. And he's given us a, a, a place to call home. Uh, the Central United Methodist Church uh, a number of years ago bought what used to be the Christian Science uh, Church, which sits right next door to them on the corner of 3rd Street in Muskegon. Um, and they have graciously uh, let us meet there um, at this point to no cost. Uh, we're, we're meeting there, and they've, uh, they're still doing renovations on the building. The building needs a lot of work, um, but they've got a great multi-purpose room downstairs that's completely redone that we're using. Um, 
uh, where we share meals together and we do some planning together and the kids hang out in that room because it's fairly indestructible. Um, and they've given us another space uh, on the middle floor, um, a space for us to worship together and uh, pray together and study scripture together. Um, that is a, they, they, their vision for that, that whole building is to be a community center. So there's a lot of other groups uh, and things that meet there and use that same space. Uh, so right now, um, we meet on Sunday evenings and we're there every other week. And on the off weeks, we're here at, at, at J Road. And that might change sometime here this, this spring. But that's where, that's where we're calling home right now. And Lord willing, um, uh, we plan on launching uh, a public service uh, come this fall. And, and the upstairs of that space uh, will be where that takes place. And so God's given us a home. And it looks different um, than what a lot of church setups do. But... Um, it's a great space, and it's right where we want to be, and so that's been cool. Uh, we've also now, um, we've, we've uh, presented our church, they call it the denomination. We're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, right? Jericho Road Church is, um, Roots Church is, um, and uh, so part of, part of planting a church within a denomination is there's denominational check boxes that have to be walked through and we've been walking through a lot of those and we there is an just like this church has an elder team that leads the church there's an elder team within the district that kind of leads and guides the district and so um, our church plant has presented itself to that elder body and we have gotten their blessing and thumbs up and um, go ahead from them which is was an exciting thing. That was uh, something that we celebrated. And uh, out of that, we, uh, you know, this seems nitty-gritty detail, but we now have our own tax ID number and our own bank accounts, and we are official with the, uh, with the denomination and with the IRS. Um, I've started to get mail uh, addressed to Roots Church from the denomination, which is kind of cool. Um, I've also started to get junk mail addressed to Roots Church, which is kind of interesting. That, that must come along with signing up with the IRS. Um, now everybody knows we're there. So that's, that was a, yeah, uh, some of you cheered for that and clapped for that. That's absolutely a, a cool God thing. And that enables us to start doing some other things as well. So uh, all that is progressing. But none of that is, is really what I want to share with you. That gives you an update. Um, we're meeting tonight. Uh, our, our meeting tonight is here, uh, and tonight's a planning meeting. We always share a meal together. If any of you, uh, after what I share today, want to be a part of that, feel free to come and hang out with us, uh, eat with us. Um, we're going to be starting to work on some plans for some of the things that we're going to be doing this summer in between now and when we launch, come, uh, or go public, or, or whatever the terminology now is that the district is using um, this fall. But... Um, We'd love to have you come and, and, and hang out with us this evening. Um, what I really want to share with you, though, in the last 15, 20 minutes that we have together is the heart that God has been giving uh, this church plant. Uh, like the name Roots Church would suggest, our desire is to really get back to the heart, to the root of what God wanted his church to be and what Christ calls his disciples to do. 
And so we named ourselves Roots Church because we don't want to, we don't have a desire to be fancy, to be flashy. We have a desire to be simple. We have a desire to um, get right to the heart of who Christ calls us to be. And so our mission, just like our name, is very simple. The mission of Roots Church is to help people get right with God, get right with each other, and equip them to help others do the same. It's that simple. We want to help people get right with God, get right with each other, and help them help others do exactly the same. Now that heart comes from Scripture. And so the first part of that, we want to help people get right with God comes right from what we know is the great commandment. In Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38, Jesus is asked, he's asked, what, what, what's the most important commandment? What's the most important command in the law? What is the most important law? And Jesus' response is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The song, the first song that we sang this morning was appropriate, and that was unplanned. Um, but certainly a God thing. There's nothing greater than God. There just isn't. And so the first thing that, that God calls us to do is get right with Him. Now, there's a lot of church and ease words we could use for getting right with God. But when you boil it down, that's what it comes down to. It's getting right with God in the right mindset in the right heart in the right action in the right deed in the right word in the right, it's getting right with God and we want nothing more than to help people get right with God and I want to share a story and I'll try to make this brief on the heart that we have for that um, I graduated from seminary um, Four years, four long years of seminary, just a couple of years ago. And during that time, I spent more time in Scripture. I spent more time in study. I spent more time in books about Scripture and study and Jesus and church planting. I spent more time in in head stuff about the church and about God and about his word than I had in my entire lifetime before that. But if I'm honest about that time, during those four years, there were periods of time where I felt further away from God than I had ever had before. Because it's not about knowledge of God it's about relationship with him. Towards the end of that seminary journey, I got the opportunity to go on, it was a class, but it was a very much structured like a spiritual retreat. And we spent a week at a monastery down in central Kentucky, in the hills, foothills of, of central Kentucky, um, tucked away from everything. And we spent a lot of time in just silence and a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time in reflection and meditation on God's word. 
And the first couple of days of that were incredibly hard because it takes a lot to shut the world's distractions off and out and really just truly open your heart and your soul to receive God's Spirit. One of the days that we were there, we were supposed to spend in 24 hours of complete silence. The only time that we were supposed to spend out of silence, uh, the, the monks that were there at the monastery, they worshipped seven times a day, starting at like 5.30 in the morning. And they had seven times of worship throughout the day, every day. Um, and we were uh, able to join them uh, for any of those times of, of worship. And so the only time that we were supposed to break our silence is if we were in one of those times of worship. And during those times of worship, they weren't long times of worship like what we do, but maybe 15, 20 minutes. And they would say a prayer, they would read a bit of scripture, and they would sing uh, a few psalms. Um, very humble, in a stone worship space. Um, completely a cappella, no, no instruments, completely stripped down. Um, very spirit-filled. But other than that, we were supposed to wake up in complete, or, or be in complete silence for those 24 hours. And I decided that I was going to spend the majority of my day, th this monastery was on 2,400 acres. And, and half of that was farmland that the, that the monks farmed. Um, and half of that was wooded foothills. Um, and there were trails scattered throughout. And I love, I, I, I love the outdoors. I connect. Nowhere do I connect more with God than, than out in the woods and in, in his creation. And so I had decided that I was going to spend most of my day just out in the woods with God. Just walking with him and talking with him in silence. And so I headed out early in the morning. And... Um, got into the woods just a little ways, and I came to a split, a fork in the trail, and one, one to the left went around this tall hill, um, and to the right went straight up it. And, and I decided to take the trail to the right and go up to the top of the hill and because it gave good perspective of, of the land. And it was a long, steep climb and I got to the top of the hill and I was completely out of breath and no sooner did I get to the top of the hill that I gasp out in just complete exhaustion out loud you know on this day of silence man that was that was a hard climb and in that instant I had this complete feeling of guilt and regret that I had just ruined the entire day that I was supposed to spend with God because I had just broken the rules. I had just spoken when I was supposed to be silent, and I had just messed the whole thing up, and I was completely bummed. But in that same instant, I had this overwhelming feeling of the presence of Christ right there next to me. And whether you believe it or not doesn't matter because I, I believe it to be true that, that Christ was standing right there next to me and, and I could almost see him. I could see him in my mind and he was laughing at me. 
because he could have cared less that I spoke out of turn. He put his arm around me and just let me know that it was okay. He was just excited to be spending that time with me. And I spent the rest of that day hiking through the woods. I missed lunch. I missed dinner. But I had Christ's arm around me as we just walked and talked through the woods. And I have never felt so close to Christ in my life. And it's that kind of experience. It's that kind of getting right with Christ that we want our we want all our people to experience that we want the world to experience so when we say we want to help people get right with Christ we want to help people encounter Christ in a real transformational way in a genuine authentic stripped down just empty vessel here I am, God, kind of way. And I think that's exactly what Jesus was talking about here. When you've got to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, like, it all gets laid down. It all gets laid bare. We are empty vessels to be filled with Christ. Just after that passage in Matthew, Jesus goes on and he says, the second greatest commandment, there's a second commandment that's, that's just like, that's like the first, and it's love your neighbor as yourself. And all the, the laws and all the, 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 the declarations and demands of the prophets, everything that you know, hang on these two commands. Love God with everything that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything, all, everything else, all the other laws, all the other teachings point to these two. And so first we want to help people get right with God, but we also want to help people get right with each other. Because, man, there is a lot of brokenness and division that exists between us, right? There's a lot of brokenness and division that exists Within the church, there's a lot of brokenness and division that exists between our community and our neighbors. And there just shouldn't be. It's not God's intention. That's not God's plan. And so we got to get right with each other. And so I want to share another bit of testimony in that. Has anyone ever been on a mission trip? we got a handful of people that have. I've been on a number. Most of them have been domestic here within the U.S. Um, but a couple of years ago, I got the chance to go on a mission trip to, to Haiti, um, an international mission trip. My wife always seems to get to go on the ones overseas. And I always got to go on the ones that were here at home. Um, and I'm not sure quite how that worked out. But um, a few years ago, I got to, to go on, on one to Haiti. But I think this is true regardless, regardless of where your, your mission trip is, uh, has been. Um, I, I, I think these truths um, hold in line with, with both. And, and one is, 
is there is something that happens between you and the other people that go on that trip with you. And then there is something that happens between those people that go on the trip and those people that they are going to serve. And, and both of those things are important. In the, in the first, there's something that happens between those people that, that go on a trip to, to serve together. And, it, and if you've been on a mission trip, you know what I'm talking about. Because, man, there's some rawness that happens when you go on a mission trip, right? Like you are living life together closer than most of you are comfortable with being with those other people, right? Like bubbles get popped, boundaries get crossed. Like you are riding in, when we got to Haiti and we got off the plane, just going through customs and plane hopping with this group of people is trying and testing enough, right? Nerves are at peaks and, and you get testy and nippy at each other and it's early in the morning and you don't want to be even up at this point. But we get off the plane in Haiti and how many people were there on our trip to Haiti? Were there like 20 of us? 15, 20 of us? And we crammed into two vans that should have carried not as many people as we had. Like we're sitting on laps and we get to the hotel which... Um, was a nice hotel by Haiti standards, but was complete with cockroaches and, and lizards. And um, there was a pool, but ain't nobody going in the pool um, kind of place. And um, you got a lukewarm shower for for minute 30, maybe. The first person did. Not that, you say. Yeah, it didn't matter if it was hot, really. Um, after the days that you had. And, and then you spend days working hard in uncomfortable situations, in uncomfortable places, doing things that you're uncomfortable with. Like, there's just a level of rawness. And, and those walls get broken down. And you come back with relationships unlike any relationships that you've ever had before with people. Because... Those, those walls get broken down. And because we're just real and authentic and dirty and gritty together. And then there's something that happens between the, the people that go to serve and the, and the people that they're, that they're serving. And, and like in church, a lot of times we get caught up in the things that we go to do, right? When we went to Haiti, we had an agenda, and there were things that we were going to do. We were going to build a playground at an orphanage, and we were going to do um, like a vacation Bible school, for lack of a better word, at this orphanage. And we were going, uh, uh, an, an, another group of us was going to uh, teach and equip Haitian pastors to, to teach the gospel, and so, so, so we had an agenda. We had a checklist of things that we needed to accomplish while we were there. And it can be easy to fall into that mindset of we have this list of things that we're supposed to be doing. And we forget to build relationship with the people that God's calling us to connect with. In the midst of this, and a lot of my time was spent in building this playground. And, and, and this playground 
um, was a playground that existed here in the U.S. and all the uh, and somebody upgraded their playground, right? And they donated all these parts and pieces, like right down to the nuts and bolts that holded this playground equipment together. They donated it to this ministry that then tries to find places in third world countries to reconstruct things. But it came with like a dozen pictures of what this thing used to look like and no instructions, right? When you go to, when you go to Lowe's and you buy a, a, a playground set there, like it comes complete with instructions. There were no instructions to this thing. And in fact, when we got there, the buckets that had all the, the bolts and the nuts and the pictures of what it was supposed to look like, we couldn't find those either. We had taken some nuts and bolts with us, not knowing what sizes or things that we were going to need. But we took some. So we got there, and for the first couple of days, we, well, for the first day, we didn't know what to do. And, and by day two, when we hadn't found these buckets, we were like, we need to put something together. So let's just start pulling pieces out and seeing what we could do. Finally, by day three, we had found the, the buckets miraculously. But you can imagine the level of stress and, and, and the the... The, what the mindset was, you could just imagine. If we got, we, now we've, we've lost two days of putting this playground together. If we're going to get this goal realized, we got we to get to task. But in the, in the midst of all of that, I don't even remember what happened, but I couldn't, I couldn't work any longer on the playground. Some other people had to take over. And... I went and sat in the shade of this shelter that they had. And, and in the shade of this shelter, uh, some of the kids, some of the boys from the orphanage were inside this shelter. And it was a concrete floor um, with posts and a roof. And, and they were playing soccer. They had moved the tables off to the side. And they were playing soccer barefoot on this concrete floor. And they had set up a couple of benches at either end of the shelter as goals. Um, and they were just kicking this tattered ball around and I got a minute to play with these boys I took my shoes off I got barefoot with them and I just played soccer with the boys it was fun I played soccer growing up so it was it was something I knew and I loved and they were shocked at first that this old man was gonna could even get up and come and play with them. I had to show them what was what. Uh, and they loved it. They laughed and they were, I think, making fun of me in their own language, but having fun doing it. And if, if we messed up or made a bad pass or, or if we kicked the ball out of the shelter, we had to do push-ups and they loved making me do push-ups. And at the end of, man, I got hot and sweaty, right? And my feet are covered in filth and dirt because it's just a, it's a concrete floor and it's dust all around. So, and I needed to get back to my task, right? I needed to get back to building this playground. And so the game was over and I went to go put my shoes back on. I sat down on the bench and one of the little boys came running over. And he wouldn't let me put my shoes back on because he needed to clean my feet first. I 
I don't know if he knew why I was crying as he was cleaning my feet. But that was a Jesus moment for me like I've, I've never had before. That was Jesus at the feet of his disciples washing their feet. I don't know if that little boy knew that passage. But he was, he was loving on me because I had taken the time to connect and, and love him where he was. And agendas had been put down and, and relationships were, were made. And, and in that moment, God <laughs> opened my eyes and it got really real, really quick on what was important and what wasn't. And I wasn't the only one on our team that had those moments that week. And as the week progressed, the, the building of the playground became slower. Because we were taking time to build relationships with these kids. And we were pulling the kids in. And they were, they were building with us. And we were playing with them. And it was slow. And it was messy. And it was awkward. But you know what? The playground got built. But that's, that's not what was important. What was important was lives got changed and relationships got made and hearts got connected. And so when we talk about helping people get right with each other, it's that that we're talking about. Later on in, in Matthew, Jesus gives, gives us the Great Commission, and he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commands that I have given you and know that I am with you always. He gives us this Great Commission. We're supposed to go and make disciples. Every one of us is a minister in the ministry of God. And so, every one of us has a calling in God's mission to carry out. And it's the job of the church to come alongside you and help to equip you to discern what that calling is and help you to carry that calling out. It's not the church's job and, and it's not the church leadership's job to do the ministry. It's the church's job to do the ministry. And when I say the church, that, I'm, I'm talking about you guys. And so we want to help people get right with God, and we want to help people get right with each other, and we want to help them help others do the same. We want to help them carry out the calling that God has placed on their life. And as Ruth's church, what do we hope to accomplish by all of this, the vision that God has given us for this church 
how we will measure whether or not we're doing a good job in carrying out the mission that he has given us is the vision that he has given us. And our vision, the vision that he has given Roots Church is that his kingdom, the kingdom of God, would be reflected from every corner in the city of Muskegon. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, I'm going to wrap this up quick. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, he started by, after he spent his time in the wilderness being tempted by Satan, he began his earthly ministry by saying, <clears throat> by saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. How had the kingdom of heaven drawn near? Jesus had come from heaven down to earth. Jesus was how the kingdom of heaven had drawn near. Jesus was the embodiment of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. During Jesus' ministry here on earth, he teaches us how to pray. And you know it is the Lord's Prayer. And within that, he teaches us to pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And in John chapter 13, verse 35, <clears throat> he says, this is how everybody's going to know that you're my disciples by the way you love each other. By the way you reflect the kingdom. By the way you reflect me. And so if, if we are doing our job as the church, the kingdom of heaven should be reflected through us and through the corners that God is calling us to reach and serve and touch and so in everything that we do and everything that, that we say and everything that we carry out, we're continually asking ourselves, where in my context, where in my community, where in my neighborhood does it not look like the kingdom of heaven? And what is God calling me to do about that? That's a raw question. Like, let me give you an example. In the kingdom of heaven... In the kingdom of heaven, I'm assuming there are no lonely people. You read in the, in the book of Revelations, and there's no tears, there's no pain, there's no sorrow. It's like, where is their pain in my context? Where is their pain in my neighborhood? Where is their suffering in my neighborhood? In our neighborhoods, 65% of the Households with children in our neighborhood are single parent households in the Nelson and McLaughlin neighborhood. 65% of households with children living in them are single parent households. And if any of you are single parents, if any of you are parents at all, you know there's some struggle and some suffering and some difficulty that comes along with that. That's not reflective of the kingdom. What is God calling us as the body, as his ambassadors, as his missionaries to do about that? 
The other question we are constantly asking ourselves is where is God already at work? Because God's not just waiting on us to move, right? God's already at work. Just like the song that we sang, the other song, one of the other songs that we sang this morning, God's always moving, always working, right? Where is God already at work in my context? Where do I see evidence of his presence? And how is he calling me in to join in that? Those are, those are our measuring sticks. Those are our, that is what we are constantly, every time at, at, at Roots Church that we are talking about what it is God is calling us to do, those, that's what we're asking ourselves. Where, where does it not look like the kingdom of God and what is God calling me to do about that? And where do I see evidence of God already at work and how is he calling us to join? Now, you may be asking, as Jericho Road Church, what are we supposed to do in that? Tom, I met with the elders to give an up, them an update on, on what we were doing. And he asked, what, what do you want from us? What, what, what should we be doing? What should we, why should I send somebody to Roots Church instead of inviting them to Jericho Road Church? That was a great question. I didn't have a great answer. Sorry about that, Tom. Uh, all kinds of things is really the answer to that. Um, what we really need you to be doing is living out your calling, discipling others. And in that, you're going to discover their heart and where God is leading them. And it may connect with something that's happening here at Jericho Road Church. And so it may, God may be leading you to connect them with whatever that is. It may, be, it may connect with something that Roots Church is doing. And, and so you may feel God leading you to connect them with whatever that is. And that's part of why we need to keep you more informed about what it is that God's doing in and through Jericho Road Church and, and Roots Church. We need you to be praying for Roots Church. We need you to be excited and passionate about what God is doing in Jericho Road Church, in Roots Church. And, and, and talking about it and sharing it with other people. We need you to come alongside and be involved in it. And so some of the things that, that, that you know, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of things this summer. This summer is going to be crazy for us. And I'm not going to share those things with you now because I'm out of time. I'm beyond out of time. Um, but there's going to be things that we do that, you're going to re- that are going to resonate with you. And God's going to lay something on your heart and you're going to want to be a part of it. And we want you to be a part of it. Whether that means that you're with the, the launch team that goes and, and is Roots Church going forward. Or whether that means you connect with us on a particular ministry or, or outreach. Or, or whether that means you're just supporting by prayer and thought. Um, we need you kicking the door of my office open and asking me questions. Um, and if I'm sitting around too much in there and, and not being out in front of you more, then you need to be kicking my butt on that too. Because um, God's doing some awesome things. Um, he's doing some awesome things in you guys through this, and he's doing some awesome things at, at Roots Church too. And, um, and it's because of you guys. That that's, that's been able to happen.
And so I thank you for that, and it's been a blessing. Pray with me. Father God, thank you so much for being the God that you are, an amazing, glory-filled, almighty, heavenly Father God. God, we are empty vessels. We pray that you fill us with your spirit. God, I shared some broken down times in my life. I pray that, that we all get to experience more of those. They can be painful and rough and difficult, but man, there's no place that we feel closer than you than when we're on our knees. And so I pray that you put us there more often. And I pray that we are responsive to those times. I pray that you fill us with your spirit when we find ourselves there. And that we can't help but come out of those times changed and transformed. And that you use us to shine your glory and shine your love to this world that so desperately needs it. And that your kingdom is reflected in us and through us and the places that you call us to touch. It's in your name we pray, amen.